It's so early. I'm your host, Will Shelkoff, author of The Bitcoin Dog, Following the Scent to the Bitcoin C++ Source Code, and contributor to Bitcoin Magazine. You can save 10% on your tickets to Bitcoin Conference 2023 with my promo code, Bitcoin Dog. Uh, today, I'm very fortunate to have on CK from Bitcoin Magazine. Uh, CK, thanks for joining. If you could please uh, introduce yourself to everyone. Well, thanks so much for having me and uh, absolute pleasure. Uh, it's crazy how, uh, you know, we actually kind of know each other uh, from a world before Bitcoin and a very small world that, you know, I'm, I'm here, you know, helping run Bitcoin magazine and uh, you are a prized contributor putting out amazing stuff. So excited to be chatting. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. That's a, it's definitely a huge compliment to try to claim my articles on the magazine is amazing. Uh, definitely uh, so, so many people even more talented than me uh, on there, of course, uh, including you. So um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, so that, so yeah, so you and I um, went to the same high school and we're actually there at the same time, uh, all, but two years apart. So, you know, of course, high school, you know, have like two, 2000 people. So uh, definitely, I'm, I'm sure I crossed paths with you. Um, well, in particular, you were, were you ever uh, on the student TV news? Were you on camera? Yeah, so, uh, so I, then uh, I saw you I, then on the TV uh, news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I started, I started, I think, after you graduated, but um, okay. it was my junior year. But, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was friends with your sister in high school, and we did, uh, we did TV news together. And you know, it's crazy. Back then, I never would have thought that any of that stuff would have been useful. And here I am, you know, running a media company in Bitcoin and <laughs> utilizing a lot of those skills. So it's uh, it's kind of mind blowing. And, you know, I didn't even go to college really to to do broadcasts or journalism or anything like that. So I really I have to give a shout out back to high school. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, um, just to, you know, just to say really quickly, like my sister was in the TV student news with you. She did pursue a degree in broadcast journalism uh, and she is working for a major publication. So uh, definitely uh, she, ha she had a goal and, and hit it. And uh, for you, you said you were not necessarily looking to go into journalism though, or? Yeah, no, I mean, uh... Your sister was always like the you know most goal oriented person. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, so that's the scary know. thing for me. Like, so now I'm getting into the Bitcoin space. Like, oh gosh, like now, like what am, am I gonna all of a sudden tear it up or something? Or you know, like, is there is there such a thing as me personally casually getting involved? I don't know if I to go. So. Well, I mean, like, I, you know, so uh, she, she's always been an inspiration just to kind of see her kill it. But, you know, we were in the same kind of TV journalism program. You know, she was like the that top notch uh, reporter. And I was kind of like the kid who was like, oh, how did he get it? How did, how did he get in here? Like, like what did he do to, to show up here? But I found a way to uh, to kind of earn my place. Um, but yeah, no, I, I always had a lot less direction than than your sis. Uh, but again, it's, uh, I always find it ironic, but kind of hilarious too, that, yeah, I'm, I'm at Bitcoin magazine and, uh, you know, honestly, my, my, I would say my skill set is more around kind of like business, uh, and operations and, and making things happen. So I'm much less of a, a journalist, but, uh, it's, it, it's still a lot of fun to just make content. You, you say this while you have the professional microphone set up 
everything. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess what's interesting to me in particular is uh, like even BTC Inc, uh, where you are, um, is more than the magazine, right? There's actually quite a few uh, things the company does overall that you could have been a part of, or maybe are, are a part of. Yeah, so BTC Inc, uh, I like to call us like the ultimate Bitcoin and hyper-Bitcoinization company, but uh, ultimately what we're focused on is just Bitcoin and Bitcoin evangelism. Our CEO calls us uh, the unofficial marketing arm of Bitcoin. You know, Who is the CEO? Uh, David Bailey. So, oh, okay. Uh, he, shockingly, he's about your age, but um, <laughs> yeah, he... he uh, was going to the University of Alabama and discovered Bitcoin at the right time and had the kind of chops and background to uh, spin out a media company. But yeah, we, we do a lot of things. Everything is Bitcoin focused. Uh, our main brand is Bitcoin Magazine, which you, uh, you're a contributor to, uh, but we are the original Bitcoin publication. Uh, we do a print magazine, we do an online magazine daily news show, uh, like, you know, uh, you know, a broadcast news show, um, podcasts, you know, really everything in that kind of uh, modern media suite. Um, and then uh, next to the Bitcoin magazine, we have the Bitcoin conference, uh, which you alluded to at the beginning of the show, but the biggest Bitcoin event, uh, I was a part of building that in 2019. And uh, it's been amazing seeing that become a, a huge successful event. Uh, with uh, Bitcoin 2022 last year, Miami Beach having 25,000 people. Uh, and uh, beyond that, uh, we helped kind of incubate the Bitcoin Policy Institute. So uh, a lot of, you know, really sharp, young uh, Bitcoiners putting together really good information around uh, why Bitcoin is good for the U.S. and why Bitcoin is good for any country that wants to take it seriously, really. Um we do a fund called UTXO. Uh, so it's a Bitcoin denominated fund. Uh, and we're just constantly looking for other opportunities as well. So um, really awesome and exciting uh, company. Like I said, it's really amazing to be a part of like such a cool and uh, I guess mission oriented brand and company. And yeah, I mean, I think my favorite thing about it and probably the thing I have most pride in is uh, take, you know, really pushing forward our contributor model at Bitcoin Magazine. Uh, we work with a lot of folks like yourself who are just excited, passionate Bitcoiners. And, uh, you know, we give them a platform, we give them editing, we give them art, all that kind of like good stuff uh, that makes publishing work uh, a lot easier. Or we take away the hard parts, I guess, outside of, you know, being creative. So um, I think it's one of the richest things that we do. And one of the things that separates us the most from other kind of competitors is our ability to tap into such a you know intelligent and uh really just like exuberant community and uh and and, and you know give them you know give them a, a platform to put their thoughts and ideas out there yeah um what is the utxo fund i actually i heard of the btc policy institute and of course the conference and the magazine and the shows but yeah what's what's that fund yeah it's just a bitcoin denominated fund and you know really it's uh to to make getting exposure to Bitcoin as easy as possible for those who, you know, maybe wouldn't do it unless uh, it was a part of a, a more of a managed product. So 
Um, it's not for everyone. Um, oh, is it actually like an investment product? Like people can invest in or something? Or yeah, yeah, it has like a pretty oh. pretty high minimum for institutional investors only. That kind of. Oh, thing. okay, I see. It's yeah, it's not yeah. like a ETF or a stock. I was like, I was like, wait, is this the Bitcoin ETF that everyone's been asking for? I no. I see. Okay, that'd be yeah. badass if we launched that. No, it's not. Um, no, it's <laughs> there's it, plenty it's of people like, trying. It's just a straight hedge fund with a cool name. But um, okay, you know, again, I think there are some strategic advantages of them being um, connected to BTC Inc, the conference, the magazine, all that good stuff. Well, that's, that's what I was going to say. Like, so for you in particular, yeah, you're, um, you're business uh, savvy. Um, you could have been involved specifically with like financial products and the UTXO fund. Um, I think CoinKite is an American-based company that makes cold card wallet. So there is like an American company that does cryptocurrency hardware wallet um for or sorry a bitcoin hardware wallet in america and maybe they're even Canadian, actually are they canadian yeah, yeah oh, okay canadian. no they, thank you for correcting me yeah so maybe there is so america's got stuff up i guess we don't in bitbox though too that's also not american right isn't that uh swiss or something so all the famous ones are european yeah. except for CoinKite, which is canadian yeah but there's an up-and-coming new one uh it's called foundation devices that they're boston based i'm, I'm a big mm -hmm. fan they did yeah. they took the cold card and they forked it uh and rodolfo the ceo of cold card or of, mm -hmm. of a coin kite who uh -huh. makes the cold card was not happy about that but um you know and then what about um man. what about seed signer is that i heard that on bitcoin magazine recently but i forget if seed signer is american or not so it's not a company it's just a project oh yeah it's a guy um, who just I makes think, it yeah yeah I, th I think i think the the main kind of project maintainer uh, is is american uh and one of our kind of like freelance editors also works on it uh yeah like very heavily his name is uh, keith mckay really good guy um but yeah, it's a it's an open source project, and ev like the, everything in the seed center you can purchase online uh, or purchase like kind of over the counter as commodity hardware or three D print it. So yeah. um, it's pretty badass, you know. With like twenty five bucks, you could make a hardware wallet. Yeah. What What was? Uh, did you get a bachelor's degree from university or no? Yeah. No, I went to Chapman University. So um, yeah, SoCal SoCal boy stayed in SoCal. Did <laughs> communications. Yeah. I actually went oh, it was it was communications yeah. was your major yeah it was okay so that, this like, is related then yeah no I, I mean i guess it's kind of related but like it was always more of like uh more on like the marketing side of things definitely okay. not really on the on the journalism side of things like well what you don't get is like i can barely speak english let alone <laughs> write it so it really is ironic that i'm in this place yeah well what is your role at the magazine in particular because you're not an editor right or... yeah so no i'm actually the general manager so okay. um I'm, I'm talking at the uh, top right now <laughs> yeah i mean uh, so for example you you interviewed casey like yeah uh, I, i've i've hired i've discovered and hired a lot of the talent including casey uh, -huh. uh yeah. dylan leclerc i think he has almost two hundred thousand followers yeah i know uh, him. i, I always give him had, a like... hard time for his lack of laser eyes and then casey's like don't don't give him a hard time for taking off his laser eyes. You know, I mean, he doesn't want people to think we're in a bullish bull market. I'm like, have you talked to CK? It's bullish all the time. I mean, come on, laser eyes <laughs> forever. Course, of so, course, laser yeah. eyes forever. No, you, you're right, Will. And uh, <laughs> I, I also give uh, Dylan Dylan shit for taking off his laser eyes. Um, but he probably better than any of us knows how far away we are from 100K. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> That's right. yeah, that, He's like, I cannot mislead the people. I have a, I have an immoral imperative to take off my laser eyes. <laughs> yeah, he, he, ditched, he ditched the laser eyes really early on, honestly. <laughs> but uh, I mean, uh, one of my like my points of pride is, you know, I, I discovered that kid when he had five thousand followers. So, um, yeah, before his first macro article. So uh, it's it's been fun to be able to like be inside Bitcoin Magazine and kind of like have the budget to hire Bitcoiners, uh, and then kind of just go out there and find really awesome talent. So um like looking down the line i think i've hired about 70 percent of our team and wow it's just stacked absolutely stacked so really great team um you know really every aspect of it people are just really passionate about bitcoin we only hire bitcoiners so like I, you're an engineer right? i will so like, i will say there's yeah. i don't want to name names but there is someone on your staff who's like a, a marketing person and i check her twitter bio and i feel like there's like nfts in there so i haven't double checked it if they're like bitcoin nfts but yeah i was i was like whoa which which person i'm curious Uh-oh. who you're talking about oh man should i is, is it actually i gotta like pause the pause the thing do you do you want to know or no hey you can tell me after you can tell me after okay no, I'll tell with you that after. being said like you know, i'm not trying like, to throw anyone under the bus in particular <laughs> you can you can do literally whatever you want at our company like we, yeah. we, we're not one of those companies where uh, we're hovering over your back you're like what are you yeah. doing on the side just like hey be chill show up and again everyone even if they're shilling nfts even if they're doing something else they love bitcoin like that really is our our kind of prerequisite and like 99 percent of our company is just like ideological hardcore bitcoin yeah hardcore bitcoin so um Again, it's like what I was saying, it's like, you know, you're an engineer, like maybe you're a back-end engineer. Imagine like every single person that you work with is like extremely passionate about whatever, yeah. whatever stack you're doing, like, you know, lives and breathes it every single day, doesn't talk about anything else. Like this is Bitcoin Magazine. It's honestly unreal. Yeah. Well, and that's the, that's the thing that's like, uh, so, so jealous of, or what's captured me so much is, uh, it could be, don't. I'm definitely grateful for, you know, the people I work with in particular, but um, Bitcoin is the thing where it's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not working for a Bitcoin company issuing like a Bitcoin stock or something like this is uh, that once in a civilization monetary revolution of like actually inventing a new money. So it's right for people to be so skeptical of that. Like, what do you mean we're making a new money? Like we already have a money backed by gold. And so that's at least the perception, right? So, yeah. uh, you know, to actually get into it and be like, no, this is, this is huge. Um, and that's, and then that's the other thing is um, like talking to Casey too about like, how do you turn it off after the end of your workday? Once Bitcoin is like your full-time role, like is, is there such a thing as turning it off or is it just always, always on all the time? Cause it, cause it, you know, it, it never ends. The excitement never ends. But yeah, I mean, for you as an employer, that is actually my hack. Don't tell any of my employees, but like I count on, on their obsession. (laughs) It's part of, it's part of my strategy. They make me look good. Yeah. You count on them just working all the time, constantly doing Bitcoin stuff all the time. The average employer, you know, they factor in like, let's just call it 35 hours of work a, a, a week. Yeah. Yeah. I'm factoring in like 80 hours of work a week per employee. So yeah. Plus, plus, you know, reliable, reliably on the weekends too. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, right, reliably. Reliably on the weekends. 
Yeah, it's funny to hear you talk about uh, yourself as being an employer. So, so when you, so I think you graduated uh, college then with your bachelor's in 2015. About then, did you go to work somewhere full time after graduation? Yep. Yeah. So I I I went from uh, hardware like uh, networking switches, uh, server equipment. So I was doing, I was working at a big like reseller of that equipment. Uh, and then I quickly went up to the Bay Area to work in software, and it was at my second shitty so- uh, Bay Area startup that I discovered Bitcoin, just got completely obsessed, couldn't pay attention to anything, uh, was just like trading, you know, Bitcoin light chart ratio, you know, throughout 2017. Um, and then uh, two weeks you You were actively trading it in 2017. Well, I mean, when everyone discovers this stuff, you know, the first uh-huh. thing that you can do to engage with it is trade. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to learn candlesticks and learn all this BS. <laughs> How'd you do? Um, did you do? Did you do well? I you uh, did you crush it? You know, uh, so my onboarding did not take that long. I went from like discovering bitcoin to like trading litecoin against bitcoin you know trading that ratio to like hardcore bitcoin maximus in like four months Mm -hmm. um but within that process of like you know kind of like super cycling through like the process um i i also discovered uh well i discovered one I, i can't do sales anymore but two, like, I, I just have to work in Bitcoin. Like, that's the only thing I was passionate about. So um, I pretty much quit my job two weeks before or two weeks before Christmas, which is the Bitcoin top in 2017. So uh, all my coworkers at the time were laughing at me for quitting my job because Bitcoin pretty much tanked afterwards. Um, right. But it just didn't matter. Like, I just didn't care. I didn't have a plan. I went to uh, a shitcoin conference and I actually met the CRO of BTC Inc. told him, I live in the Bay Area, love Bitcoin, do sales, shook his hand. Three weeks later, I had a job. And I've actually <laughs> been with BTC Inc. ever since. And I wow. I started off doing sales. And then I went into podcasting. And then from podcasting, I built up our, our multimedia division. And then I moved into managing Bitcoin Magazine, hiring out a lot of our team. And yeah, now I'm, I'm a GM. So on the management team. Who was the CRO? Are they still there? No, nope, he's no longer there. His name is Bryce. He actually quit like three months after hiring me too. Oh, so really? It was, it was wow. like, it, it's kind of a joke that, you know, it was kind of like his parting gift was, uh, was bringing <laughs> me to the company. Yeah. Wow. But so, Will, I actually want to, I want to hear about your Bitcoin story. So I know that you were a skeptic, you know, a well-read, a well, uh, you know, researched engineer in, you know, in software you're skeptical of Bitcoin and you recently flipped uh, and, you know, you couldn't have flipped harder. You wrote a book, you're, you're contributing to Bitcoin magazine, you know, you're, seems like you're, you're, you're relatively bought into the movement. Like talk about, talk about that a little bit. Oh gosh. If this is only relatively bought in, I'm scared for what fully bought in looks like. So <laughs> the, the rabbit hole only goes deeper. You can only get more bullish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, for for me in particular, um, uh, so so skip to the end. I have only ever owned Bitcoin, so I have never bought um, any other cryptocurrencies. Um, also, um, 
I am a buy and hold investor um, who dollar cost averages. So other than me um, uh, doing a test transaction in the, in the very beginning to like confirm that with my hardware wallet, I can sell my Bitcoin. Um, I've never sold it otherwise. Um, and like uh, I've, I've never done a thing of um, storing my Bitcoin on an exchange. It's like straight to hardware wallet for me. So that's just like my personality. So, so my, my punishment for getting in so late, you know, class of 2021 is my very first slice of Bitcoin was um, in April, 2021, when it was at $62,000. And it's just been downhill ever since. So one day, one day I'll actually be uh, in the profit on, on my Bitcoin. But of course, that's measuring it in the fiat terms and measure it in the Satoshi terms. It's only ever gone up. So uh, the good news is um, because for me, it took so much. Um, I had so much disbelief and like so many red flags to get in that by the time I started, um, it was uh, no, no sweat to just keep going, keep accumulating, uh, keep, keep buying like every, every drop, every dip is just another reason to stack more, uh, stack harder. So um, the biggest, so when I first heard about Bitcoin for me in particular was 2013, while I was a computer science student at UCLA. And um, definitely uh, at that time, like, you know, the price was bullish, I think because it was around $300, $300. but also uh, I'm like totally skeptical of this thing. And then the Mt. Gox uh, exchange hack or vulnerability or whatever, I was like, yeah, this is why I didn't do this. You know, this is so uh, terrible, of course. So I, I had it built into You're me. You're vindicated. <laughs> yeah, I was vindicated, right? So I had it built into me that uh, never, never was I going to ever store any Bitcoin on an exchange. Like it was just never going, if I ever did buy any, right? And, and then the other, and I was so nervous about storing my Bitcoin on an encrypted hard drive, right? Like I was so afraid of losing my Bitcoin. That would be my reason to not get in. Like I did not want to end up like that guy in England that had this encrypted hard drive and just it ended up in the dump or something. And just every year his his hard drive worth, uh, you know, 800 million US dollars, it's going to be worth $4 billion. It's going to be worth $10 billion. Like it's just going to keep going up in value, this encrypted hard drive that he threw away. And it's just going to eat at him forever. So I did not want to be that guy. But on the flip side, I didn't get in, right? So, um, uh, yes, like and people always give Lazo shit for spending ten thousand bitcoins on two pizzas. <laughs> but few people little, few people also account for the fact that prior to that point, Satoshi Nakamoto had shamed him for accumulating too many bitcoins and instructed him to please help, you know, circulate them through the economy. So right, please send them. <laughs> It's like, oh yeah, so hey, someone lost a lot of Bitcoin because they got in early. They still got in early and, and got a lot of sads. Uh, right. Had a insane, insane uh, you know, conversion rate. Yeah, I mean, and this is this is the big important thing is, and this is where, uh, yeah, Guy Swan, Bitcoin Audible, reading this article about Croesus, like uh, Bitcoin is not for the yuppie elite or something. Excellent like, article. No, yeah. why the yuppie elite do not understand Bitcoin. That's right. That's the name of the article. And because that was the amazing thing. I mean, I really had to reckon with myself is um, this is the way SNP 500 index fund. 
dollar cost averaging, buy and hold over 30 years. It's a 7% return every year. And then that's the best part is I, and I didn't necessarily need to buy any Bitcoin directly because the company, if it really takes off the companies within the index fund, they'll just buy it, right? So Tesla in the index fund will buy Bitcoin or MicroStrategy, which I don't think is part of the index fund, but if they were, they would be factored in. Um, if Square is factored in in the index fund, uh, you know, block now, but like they, they would accumulate, right? If if any mining company was big enough to be part of the S&P 500 index fund, they would be in. So like by having the lazy portfolio of just owning everything instead of picking and choosing, like I would get that exposure over time. Uh, so I knew I wasn't like a trader or a good trader. So that's like the way to go. So it really took taking another look, looking deeper to say, and, and to your point from before, as much as I was a software engineer before, that's the thing about Bitcoin. This is not a software. This is not a software system. Sure, it's code, but this is a monetary revolution, right? So that's like the other huge thing of like, oh, this isn't just some code project. Like this is a, a money. So like a digital money. And then, yeah, so coming to grips like, oh, this is really a, a digital money. Like it might make sense to buy Bitcoin separately from just investing in index funds. What, I guess, like, what priming did you have to, like, get, like, the economic monetary aspects? Because a lot of times, like you, like, like you said, like, this is not just a software revolution. It is a software revolution, but it's, like, eight other revolutions, too. Yeah, if, right. not, if not more, that's probably an understatement. So, like, yeah. what primed you to, like, kind of see beyond, um, you know, just the software part? Yeah. Uh, hey, I mean, there's... Like, like you said, well, everyone's path is a little different. The number go up technology is a killer thing, right? So um, in 2017, it hit 20 grand. I had a friend who had Bitcoin. I teased him relentlessly. You got to sell it. You got to sell your Bitcoin at 20 grand. And he's just like, Will, like, I'm not selling. And then it totally plummets to 3,500 a Bitcoin. And like, you know, I tease him, like, you got to sell now? He's like, I'm not selling. And so for me, when it was at 3,500 in 2018, I was looking at that and I was like, again, this is why I didn't buy it. But in the back of my head, I was always like, but why isn't it zero? You know, why, why hasn't the price of Bitcoin gone to zero? Like how, how does it, how is it still worth $3,500 a Bitcoin? So yeah. So uh, early last year, like at that, you know, $60,000 price level, Tesla buying it, whatever. I'm like, there is something about this thing that I'm missing. Like I have, I have to give more than a cursory look. Like I have to look into this thing. What, what is the world appreciating about Bitcoin that I'm missing? And uh, this is like part of what I've realized too is um, part of part of like being successful or something is really like trusting your gut and uh, being resistant to scams and feel, having this confidence and this swagger, like you're usually typically right about things. Like typically I'm right. Like sometimes I'm wrong, but typically I'm right. So, um, and, and it only builds over time and with more life experience. So that's like one of the most humbling things is to think like, could I be wrong? Like, could I be wrong about Bitcoin? Like, no, like me, like, could I be wrong about something? Like, how, how could I be wrong 
about Bitcoin. And there are definitely going to still be people who refuse, like they cannot admit to themselves that they're wrong. Like at this point, everyone knows about Bitcoin, right? Everybody's heard of it. So it's all just that time of like, when, when, what is, what does it take? And, and that's where Sailor says, you know, everyone buys Bitcoin at the price they deserve. Like, you know, what is your humility? Where's the point where you, you say for yourself, like, oh, you know what, like I was wrong. Um, you know, it's different, reach a different point for different people. That is a really interesting story. And I appreciate the sentiment at the end. You know, you know, the thing is for me is like, I never dismissed Bitcoin. I just never paid attention to it. And then the mm -hmm. first time I actually paid attention to it, I was like, what the actual fuck is this? Right. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Like, what was your experience like when you finally kind of like, like, started to actually do some due diligence yeah so um definitely i you know i love this like it's so early dude it's so early ck um well that's why i say bitcoiners are not bullish enough because <laughs> like yeah duh it's so, so early it's so early um uh this definitely um uh oh oh my gosh um so in particular um okay so uh, I got my cryptocurrency hardware wallet, right, um, for the Bitcoin. Um, I'm buying it. Uh, you just did it straight textbook. It sounds like you, you, you're like, all right, we're doing this. You're like, well, this is my cautious. This is my like, yeah. <laughs> I'm very risk averse person, right? So, so this is me too. Me too. Yeah. So you take the the risk averse person, uh, go into this asset that so many think is unbelievably risky. Um, I mean, talking about being bullish, uh, Bitcoin magazine could just go out of business tomorrow. Like big announcement, UTXO fund. It turned out it was all lies. It was all a rug pull. Like all the money's gone. Like everyone's out of business and still hyper Bitcoinization is coming. Like still it's on the way. Like there's no stopping this. Obviously I don't wish for any of that to happen, but. Um, oh, totally, like, totally. Like it's still yeah. happening. There's no. There's no ending this. This is what I'm like trying to explain to people. This is a force of nature that just exists in the world now, like water, like air, wind, Bitcoin. It just exists. There's no, there's no stopping it anymore. So um, that's it. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, Bitcoin was at $3,500. I just thought it was dead. Uh, it's easy to ignore. Like you say, like, okay, I ignore it. You know, 3,500, right? Whatever. Um, but when it's when it hit the sixty thousands, it's like can't ignore it anymore. Like it's got my attention. Okay, what's well, here? And that's part of what makes the the price so high. The price really is like you Yuakim book. He's trying to teach me like um, no, like the price. As much as the price doesn't matter, it shows the sentiment toward adoption. Like the sentiment toward adoption is is reflected in that a, a little bit. It goes in cycles. This is the bullish thing, right? Is uh, it doesn't matter what the price of Bitcoin is in dollar terms. If I spin up my own Bitcoin node, if I spin up my own Lightning node, I mean, the network's only getting stronger. It's only getting growing. Um, so anyway, um, I'll tell you, I have uh, two aha moments. So I'll, I'll tell you the first one if you're ready. I'm ready, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I do my first uh, Bitcoin hardware wallet. I buy that first, of course. Uh, 24 word seed phrase, write it down on a piece of paper. Don't take a picture, uh, you know, anything, put it, put it away somewhere safe. Um, I sign up for a cryptocurrency exchange. Um, 
you know, I have to send the money, the US dollars from my bank account uh, to go buy it in the exchange. Um, that takes like some time to process whatever. Um, I go ahead and buy the Bitcoin and then I go to send, I, get, I generate a Bitcoin wallet address on my wallet. I send the Bitcoin from the exchange to my wallet. Um, I see like it takes, you know, about 10 minutes to get confirmed on a block or a blockchain. Um, it's all it's all very normal for me. It's all very blase. Like, okay, this 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 is what I expect. You know, I've I've done so much reading about Bitcoin. Like, sure, the the exchange uh, sends me the Bitcoin, and I get it. And it did take like a couple days for the ACH bank transfer to clear that the dollars uh, left the U.S. dollars left my bank account and went to the cryptocurrency exchange. But when the exchange sent me my Bitcoin, it happened like almost instantly within ten minutes. Within the next block came. So next was the aha moment for me. So next was uh, me um, selling my Bitcoin. And for this, uh, okay, so I was, so it was a ledger. So it was a ledger cryptocurrency hardware wallet. Uh, and I was using um, a service called uh, Coinify. So I don't recommend Coinify to anyone. It's just what I happened to use because I was like, I wanna sell the Bitcoin without putting it back in an exchange and go sell it. Like, I just, I just want to have it go straight out of, it's not, I know it's not in my hardware wallet, but I just want to, you know, do the transaction for my hardware wallet. It's there. I don't want this multi-step process as direct as I can get. So uh, Coinify provides me um, the Bitcoin wallet address to send my Bitcoin to, and I do that. So it's the same thing again. I go ahead and, um, send them the Bitcoin. It takes about 10 minutes. I go look on a Bitcoin blockchain explorer. I can see, okay, so my Bitcoin wallet address, the UTXO, I have this much less Bitcoin and their wallet address now has my Bitcoin. Done. Now, uh, what is the thing that I'm wondering? Where's my money? Where's my money? Where's my money? All of a sudden, I get some email from Quintify like, okay, so it's gonna be three to five business days before we have the US dollars like go to your bank account. And I'm like, what is this? What is this business days I'm waiting for, for the dollars? Like, uh, it's, you know, like, I know you have it. Like, I know you have my money. Boom, there it is. Like, I looked at it on the blockchain. It's in your wallet. Like, you have it. I'm not like, wondering where it is you have it now but i'm stuck like hoping cross my fingers that this stupid coinify service is gonna like send me fiat like send me us dollars like i give them the bank account routing info but like i don't know where is it when's it happening like i can't even know that they started it i can't even tell like the transactions in progress there's no way to check up on it so it wasn't until it was like me waiting to receive like my dollars that that's where I was like okay this bitcoin thing is this is this is the way man like this this is it like I can just send it so if I send it to you whatever but for you send it to me the where's my money feeling that's that was the huge aha moment for me this is incredible so no more you know sending money to friends or something are they going to be like oh I didn't get it or like oh, I didn't receive it. And it's like, you know, did you get the Zelle? Like, 
I sent the Zelle. Oh, I don't see it in the account. I don't know if it happened or not. Like, no, Bitcoin, like there it is on the blockchain. Like I sent it to that address. So uh, final settlement. So. Yeah, what people don't get is they're like, oh, Bitcoin only settles so much. Oh, Bitcoin's 10 minutes. And it's like, no, like you're, you're, you can't compare your Venmo transaction to a Bitcoin transaction. You, you compare your house escrow transaction <laughs> to a Bitcoin transaction. Yeah. You, you, you compare, you know, uh, a, a, you know, cross bank, you know, wire transfer, you know, you, you, you 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 come honestly the the most real comparison is literally physical settlement and at a saying of gold that is that is the actual comparison and then you do it in 10 minutes like it's not just a thousand x increase it's like a million x improvement on what we we're doing and then you build from there it's just like wow it's it's it, it the average person just does not appreciate the fundamental upgrade that bitcoin is yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's the other thing too, is uh, whatever the 10 minutes thing. So like, I already have uh, cash app. So I don't have a lightning node. I don't have a lightning node set up. I'm excited to set up a lightning node one day. Um, but I do just already have cash app and they've set up a lightning wallet already. So lightning wallets integrated. Uh, Strike the same thing. Uh, Kraken exchange the same thing. But the point is through Cash App or Strike, it's so easy. I've had a couple of Bitcoiners say they want to buy my book, but they, they don't want to just buy it off of Amazon and pay in dollars. They want to pay me directly in Bitcoin. And it's like, oh, oh crap. They're calling me out. I, be I better be a real Bitcoiner <laughs> and have a way to actually like get paid in, in Bitcoin uh, that's like really easy and, and cheap because uh, yeah, it's, it, the book's not expensive or anything. Um, but yeah, I don't need a lightning node. The cash app, like, boom, there's the lightning URL, copy, paste, done. And like, now I have the Bitcoin or strike the same thing, just the lightning invoice thing, just copy, paste it in lightning. It's so easy. So um, it really has that bullish uh, vision um, that like, sure, there's the fundamental technology, but yeah, like Jack Mallers is totally right. As these apps come out or these apps make it super easy to use, um you'll you'll even think about it so i get i could just keep going forever talking about this stuff so i'm, I'm a never-ending bullish hype train for sure i mean it is humanly impossible to be bullish enough on bitcoin uh I, the, the the thing i'm trying to push right now is that you know effectively what why is nikola tesla famous i mean like he did a bunch of cool stuff he's a visionary but I would just summarize it as he was the only person at the time who's even remotely directionally correct on like how bullish he should be on electricity on like where electricity was going. And like every, literally everyone else was like, not even close. Like, yeah. just like, so, you know, when people talk about like, where's Bitcoin going to be when the block board goes to zero in 2140, you know, for me, I'm just like, I mean, are you the Nikola Tesla of our age that you're even like, <laughs> you know, adding, you know, you know, adding the pieces together to get to like something that's directly correct. Like you, like, I'm sorry, your concerns are at best, you know, just like incompetent concern trolls. Um, and honestly, like you should just, you people should just pair, prepare for a binary Bitcoin scenario, which is like Bitcoin 
infinity divided by 21 million or Bitcoin going to zero because it doesn't work. Um, I yeah. honestly think that those are like the, really the, the only two rational outcomes. And I'm honestly, I'm betting that infinity divided by 21 million, but you know, you can't, you, I, I feel like it, until it happens, you can't really price out the, the Bitcoin go to zero scenario either. Well, I mean, Bitcoin's just not going away, like flat out. I ask even the biggest Bitcoin skeptics, I'm like, so is Bitcoin, is Bitcoin going away? They're like, well, no, it's not going away, but that doesn't mean I want to buy some, you know, it's just, but, they just accept <laughs> it as fact. Like it's just not going away. But, but if Bitcoin doesn't go away, then it's going to go to infinity divided by 21. Right. Million. Like that, because that's it's a binary only, scenario. Like, that's the only yeah. option. It's like it either goes to zero or it wins. Yeah. So I if mean, you think Bitcoin's going to just stick around, then it's going to win. Like, <laughs> That's it. Yeah, and you uh, you moved to Tennessee, is that right? Or yeah, so I left SF. Now I'm in uh, I'm in Nashville. At so LA's. still here in LA, of course. Um, like uh, I joke I joke to people like, oh, you wanna you wanna go to the Lakers, go to the Staples Center with me, and they're like, Staples Center, it's called Crypto.com Arena now. I'm like, no, it's not. Come on, crypto is just a fad. There's there's no way they would rename the Staples Center to like crypto.com arena i mean that's got to cost like hundreds of millions of dollars to do that like how like how how could that even be possible and yeah of course i know this the whole time but and i don't even care if crypto.com goes out of business like whatever it's just gonna keep going of just um uh like more and more uh bitcoin things um Man. Well, it's like, you know, did, did the internet care that pets.com went out of business? Like, absolutely yeah. not. But, yeah. you know, you couldn't buy a piece of the internet. You know, there's no value yeah. token for the internet. Right. So right. absolutely. And honestly, the best thing about hyper Bitcoinization, like this process we're going through right now, we are living through hyper Bitcoinization. The process of like looking at Bitcoin at 35,000 and being like, this is cheap now. And then looking at Bitcoin at 20,000 and be like, this is cheap now. Like that is proof of hyper Bitcoinization. Like we are mentally, you know, becoming more used to Bitcoin appreciating in value. Um, yeah. But like this process, um, the best thing that comes out of it is the memes because, and the <laughs> jokes, because it's like the clout, like it's just exposing the fiat bullshit left and right. So like, you gotta laugh. You gotta laugh. Like, guess what? Staple Center was always for sale to the highest bidder the whole time. It <laughs> yeah. just so happens to be that it used to be a respectable office supply chain store. Right. And now it's a scam crypto exchange called crypto.com. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's just exposing so much clowniness everywhere. Um, I think it's part of the process. Like part of the process of of, of Bitcoin is like when there's capital misallocation, when we are misallocating resources, like we start allocating resources out of non-economical reasons, we that's when we start seeing the ridiculousness. And like when the ridiculousness like builds on top of itself, like it just starts compounding and we're like, you know, we're like 50 years into this craziness. So yeah. like... <laughs> And then on top of that, like Bitcoin is just like exposing it all. <laughs> like that's like that's the whole thing. So it's just hard to not see. It's not. It's really hard to not see it. Um, once once you've kind of 
been exposed to Bitcoin and had to like question all the things that Bitcoin forces you to, forces you to question and then see how other entities within the existing infrastructure like deal with not just Bitcoin, but also all the altcoins. Like the test is like Bitcoin and the altcoins and NFTs and all this stuff. Like that is the test. It's like, are you an ethical person? Are you an ethical company? Or are you going to take advantage of just the ability to uh, defraud people and print money at will to for your own benefit? And like, what are you willing to do? And it just like so many experts, so many influencers, they're just being completely exposed, especially to those who, who like, actually understand like what is happening ethically like they're being absolutely completely exposed and uh it's hard to really look at the world the same way ethics is an interesting uh concept of course you know and who who am i the one to um judge like someone for being ethical or unethical um that was uh i definitely like this whole like slay your slay your heroes you know like kill your heroes concept for bitcoin but that was the one that was interesting to me recently in particular was um like will clemente i'm i'm grateful for his honesty but will put out the tweet recently explicitly saying like i do privately trade altcoins um and i don't talk about it though because i just do it privately uh but you know i'm still i still consider myself like he didn't say he considers himself a bitcoin maximalist but he considers himself like bitcoin only and pursuing bitcoin he just trades altcoins for the sake of helping to grow his Bitcoin stack. And for me personally, I'm like, this is, this is disingenuous though. I mean, it's great if it, it does like make you money, like that's awesome, but uh, you're, act, you're actively impeding uh, the progress toward hyper Bitcoinization. If you're going to trade alt, altcoins and like create altcoin economic activity to, to then help yourself go buy more bitcoins uh, it's not me to judge like you know is he good or bad person or something but i'm like there's there's no there's no squaring this for me well i'm i actually have an unpopular opinion about altcoins hmm. is that I here it comes altcoins, from the general manager of bitcoin magazine <laughs> no i think i just think that altcoins are very good for bitcoin like objectively uh -huh. um i think there's many things that show that altcoins are very good for bitcoin and frankly none of the altcoins are legitimate competition so yes they create confusion yes they divert resources but honestly like bitcoin doesn't need it like bitcoin has the right amount of people working on it at any given time anyways like yeah 10x more people working on bitcoin right now isn't necessarily gonna make bitcoin better it, may, it might create a lot more spam in the, the dev mailing list <laughs> Right. Like I feel, I just feel like when it comes to Bitcoin, it's like really quality over quantity. And honestly, the altcoins are a nice like filter on top of that too. The altcoins are a massive like thing that distracts regulators. So it keeps <laughs> the charlatans, you know, stuck to that. It keep it distracts regulators because they're just busy. Like Bitcoin is just this golden, shiny, you know, perfect child compared to reg, you know, compared to everything else in the eyes of regulators and it's always like oh you know like just the narrative has completely been like bitcoin is this and everything else is this like we're going after people who are doing these things and then the fact that there's so many altcoins and so many like blatant security frauds out there 
and not even you know a single digit percentage of them have actually been prosecuted it's actually exposing the incompetence of the regulators like they've been absolutely and utterly ddosed uh, and you know if you think that bitcoin is going to bring the state to its knees it's hard to look at that and be like that's not part of the process <laughs> right like i think that that's absolutely part of the process of taking down the state is is ddosing the regulators with you know the hydra of shit if you will so um yeah i mean again everything is good for bitcoin including the altcoin infrastructure and uh you know even newbies who get scammed guess what they are getting shaken out of their naive worldview the hard way you know there's there's two types of lessons lessons that are learned through like you know, seeking wisdom and like seeking it out from people who have experience and then actual experience. And then guess what? Like 70, 80% of people are going to have to learn a lot of these lessons through experience. Like that's just like, that's like the math of adoption. Like that's just human nature. That's how adoption works. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't like, I don't share the sentiment that, like, oh, will like shame on you. Like, you know, I could be like, Hey, it's not super ethical to show altcoins, but I mean, if, if he's going to take advantage of a market that exists right now, he wants to allocate his time there. I personally would not. I don't find it a productive use of my time. It's a, I don't find it a productive use of my emotional or mental bandwidth as well as like my economic bandwidth. I think it's more useful to do something I care about, create value, and then store that value in Bitcoin, especially while Bitcoin is hyper-monetizing. But in terms of like Bitcoin, like Bitcoin doesn't need us to protect it. Like Bitcoin doesn't need more people to de develop on it. Like, guess what? If no one develops on Bitcoin, it would it would still be just as good. Like it still would be enforcing the same economic policy. But people are developing on it. And uh, you, again, you, you don't want too many developers. You want, you know, the, the right amount. You want and then you want the right developers that are motivated by the right things. And you want all the other developers that are motivated by the wrong things to be distracted by get rich quick schemes. So they stay away from, you know, from Bitcoin. So I don't know, like, I really do think that like, this is part of the market. And like, there's a market reasons these things exist. And I think that a lot of Bitcoiners, like they actually lose credibility by just like, you know, pretty much saying like, these are just blanket scams straight up. Like, yes, most likely like don't invest in them. It's like, don't, don't fall for the story. But, um, you know, the mechanism of their existence, I feel like there's, there has to be something else there. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would say in general, like, I can see how uh, people find it appealing to have like a digital collectible, like if they, if they just love, I don't know, South Park, whatever, and they have every show, they have every episode, they have the board game, the video games, the plush toy, if they have a way to express their love, you know, for it even more by having a digital collectible NFT. I mean, they're going to do what they're going to do because they're just like a mega fan. It's like anything that exists, uh, you know, they wanted and it, bring, it brings them joy. You know, who, who am I to tell them, hey, they're, they're not allowed to feel happy because they, they have it. Um, and yeah, you know, like you're saying, people are going to get rug pulled or anything, um, whatever. I think the purpose altcoins have in particular is um, they answer the question of like, what if someone copies the code of Bitcoin? Like, can't they just copy it? Or what if someone tries to hard fork 
Bitcoin, like won't that replace it or something? And then I get to tell them like, it's been done. It's been done already. We made Litecoin. No, that's a great Bitcoin Cash. Yeah. Uh, Ethereum is a fork of Bitcoin. I mean, they're all Bitcoin. Ethereum is not a fork, but yeah. Okay. It's proof proof of work, but not a fork. Okay. It's not a fork. You know, that's right. Specifically a fork is uh, Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin SV, and Litecoin and Dogecoin. I think those ones are all forks. There's a no? lot. Yeah, there's a okay. lot of forks. Right. Zcash yeah. too. Um, is a fork, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, and now there's ETH forks. Uh, but like, right. yeah, no, you, I think you're completely right there. Like the the main thing, so this is a great chart. It's pretty much just like, it shows Bitcoin's price action and then it shows like all the other altcoins price action. <laughs> it's pretty much just like signal and then just like noise. So it's just like, it really is a good way to be like, it answers yeah. like all those questions. But the thing is like, those answer, those questions still need to be answered. Like, yes, yeah, still, altcoiners yeah. have had those answered a million times, yeah. but guess what? We're at 0.01% adoption, 0.001% adoption. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're at 8 I- billion people on earth. It, 100 million Bitcoin users, 400 million Bitcoin users. Like that's like, we're not even talking about a percent adoption. Like the ignorance is real. So um, those lessons are, are like, people are going to have to Google this shit for the first time over and over and over <laughs> and over again. Yeah. That was so. the latest question someone might have is uh, what if they come out with a token that just gives 20% yield. Like it's just built in, like you get the token and you get 20% back. Like, you know, wouldn't everyone want to buy that instead of Bitcoin? I'm like, yeah, we tried that, but that was the one we just tried in 2022. So turns out that doesn't work either. So. Hey, you, you gotta have, you gotta turn all of these into case studies of what, you know, what if question and then, you know, what, why, why? Yeah, I mean, these are all the, the things the that he did. These are all the things that scared me and make me want to stay away. So the big one for me, CK, this is like a reverse aha moment is, so I'm totally bought into Bitcoin. And then I read about the block size wars and I'm like, holy crap. Like, I didn't even know this was happening. Like, this must have been unbelievably stressful to live through. And then I read Tomer's piece he just published in Bitcoin Magazine about him specifically fighting in the, you know, for the user activated software. And he's like, yes. Yes, it was. It was crazy stressful. Like this could have been the death of Bitcoin. We had the miners and the corporations on the other side. And Tomer's like, yeah, we had crazy people like me uh, jump in on my side. And he's and I loved his little analogy. He was like, it's like a game of chicken. And the way to win the game of chicken is to um, take the steering wheel in your car, rip it out of the car and hold it out of the window and show to the other guy, I don't have control of the car anymore. I'm going straight. So it's going to be up to you to move, like do or die. I'm in this to the end. So um, what I wanted to say really fast for sure is, uh, man, every time Vitalik is on a podcast, I love listening to him because it just makes me laugh. and just I'm so happy every time. So the best question, I mean, again, making you so bullish on Bitcoin, right? The big thing that makes Bitcoin so special is that it's, it's a money. And then you think of it as a new money. It's like, how do you get no, more bullish than a new money for the world? So, so people ask uh, Vitalik, what's the ETH killer? What's going to be the ETH killer? Is it going to be Solana, Cardano, Tron, XRP? Like, what's, what's the ETH killer? And he's like, uh, honestly, 
I think the ETH killer is not any of the layer one blockchains. I think it's just the Binance exchange itself. <laughs> so, cause it, he says people might not actually care about decentralization. Cause if I have a Binance account and you have a Binance account, I just send the Ethereum over Binance and it's boom, instant, done, no fees to transact. And that's that's what he's finding is killing his Ethereum is like, people are like, oh, I'll just, I'll just let Binance custody all my assets, like let them custody everything and, and not, and not care. So, uh, and the, the, the kind of people who like want to have Ethereum or hold Ethereum, they don't, they don't care about having the most decentralized asset on the planet. So they're just like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just let a centralized service like Binance just hold it all. And I'll just trade within the Binance fellow Binance people. And that's what I'll do. I mean, so uh, it's like an entire different value structure of like just missing the point of like the whole point is this is decentralized. There's no one to block you or control you. So it's just so funny. That's his greatest fear is people don't even care about the little decentralization he even has on Ethereum. Oh, sorry, you're still muted, but. <laughs> well, is ETH a scam? Well, I'm not, I'm not going to just go out of my way and just say ETH is a scam. Like you say, all these, all these uh, unproductive uh, things to say or whatever. So, um, I mean, you know, right. Like scam, scam, like you said, that's just a like turn off, turn off word, like immediately like shuts everyone down. Like, oh, this guy's a Bitcoin maxi. He's just calling Ethereum a scam or whatever. I mean, the, the, the thing that's to me is the most insane. I'm still waiting for someone to answer this question for me. Like I'm Yuga Labs, I put out my 10,000 NFT collection of Board 8 Yacht Club. There's only 10,000, but I'm freaking Yuga Labs. I can do whatever I want. So like, I'll just make a, a mutant eight Yacht Club and make like another 10,000 NFTs. And it's like, what about these ones over here? Are these pretty good? And then I can just make like another one, like another 10,000 NFT collection. Be like, what about these eight ones? These ones. In fact, that's the whole point, right? <laughs> Is that they, that's their entire business they model. Are, they, they make more of these. Right. Like, like that's that's the that's the plan. And and I appreciate how people are like, oh, but you're missing the point. Profile picture NFTs are like not a good one. Like, there's other ways NFTs could be useful. Like, you have your digital avatar, like NFT wearables things. But uh, I'm like. This is the reason I love, I love Vitalik's, I mean, again, Vitalik, I mean, founder of Bitcoin Magazine, great guy. Um, I love Vitalik's story of like how he even got into cryptocurrency in the first place, just playing World of Warcraft and out of all of a sudden Blizzard like nerfs all his gear and stuff and nerfs his character because they want to go make, you know, the story, do you know the Vitalik story of how he got yeah, in? I've right. heard it. But yeah, yeah they, they nerf his stuff, his gear and his character. So I mean, even like practical NFTs for games or something, and then you trade trade the dude loot. Loot was the scam. Do you remember loot? The NFT thing where it's just a black text box with like some words on it. They're selling. For, it was the future, bro. It was the future, right? Ten ten Ethereum each or something. Just like the height, the and, height. And machine. this was Ethereum at four thousand dollars each. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, I still I still ask the question right for this. NFT people, I'm like, okay, so uh, Ethereum's not $4,000 each. 
my board ape costs 100 ETH. So in dollar terms, it's $400,000. So when the Ethereum price crashes from $4,000 to $1,000, how much ETH does that board ape NFT cost? Do you have a guess what it would be? I wasn't following, but four okay. times as much. Right. So you would think, oh, like because the NFT is worth 400,000, that 100 ETH is now a 400 ETH price uh, to stay the same value. It's the opposite. It falls to like 50 ETH because the ETH market is plummeting. So then the value of the NFT plummets with it. So like it's, it's not like the NFT actually holds its own value separate from Ethereum. So you go from 400,000 to like 50,000 because now it's just 50 ETH each worth a thousand dollars. There's no, I mean, it's just, so I know, I know why NFTs are so exciting. It's just because um, like, it's a way to, it was finally truly like a native way to spread, spend your cryptocurrency. So if you had Bitcoin, if you had Ethereum, if you had any of these things and you're like, what, what can I actually spend it on? What can I actually buy? What can I have? And, and I want that respect in the community like, oh, I can, I can buy these NFTs. And, you know, like to your point, right? I would way, way rather get respect from the community by writing high quality articles to like a respected publication like Bitcoin Magazine and, and be that, that way that I um, like earn respect from my fellow Bitcoiners, like actually doing a proof of work and being like, wow, like, can I actually give back? Can I write something or do something that like earn earns a, a value or respect because I'm contributing something, not just because I, I bought their little uh, non-fungible token. So, well, I mean, the interesting thing is like it's like uh, in the the crypto world, community is like a marketing thing. And <laughs> Bitcoin, like community, is like no, like these are the crazy people that are on this mission with you. Like these are yeah. the diehards. Yeah, you know, like. These people are building families together, like around uh, and coalescing <laughs> around this protocol. Um, it's uh, very, very different. Um, one of my favorite tweets, it, it never, I, I push it out a lot, but it never gets that much action. But just like simple phrase, Bitcoin is deep. <laughs> and uh, and that's the one is uh, I'm I'm so deep down the Bitcoin rabbit hole that these waves of volatility just wash over me i'm i'm so deep down like i don't even feel it as the price goes up and down i mean it's just you can go forever with the, the yeah, i mean that's some poetry right there well so yeah, thank you you, thank you, you got you got to pen one that one to put that yeah, pen I, paper and, and hit it yeah i know someone someone else someone else tweeted that or something uh, yeah i mean dear Gigi is like amazing he's a gift you know all his analogies and everything so um yo you, you got you got to go to a bitcoin conference soon and meet the guy he's uh he's a legend it's tempting. Does he actually show his face? I wonder. I don't think so, but I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dox uh, his, his conference <laughs> presence. But yeah, him and I have had some good times. Blessed uh, oh, to call him a friend. Yeah, it's very cool. It's very cool. It's very. It's definitely very tempting to go. That's for sure. So, I mean, um, you're gonna be in Miami, right? You're shilling it. You can't chill and not show up. Well, I mean, I mean that that's that's the thing. I'll, I'll have to I'll have to see if I'm. Uh, able to go or not or not I definitely want to I, de I definitely want to um so okay so my wedding anniversary is uh, May 19th um so like perfect that's exactly when 
the uh, Bitcoin conference is happening in Miami. So, you know, yep. <laughs> my wife, my wife was the one begging me like, hey, Will, can we please go to the Bitcoin conference 2023 uh, for our five year anniversary? I heard like CK is like helping run it. So like I got to go. Uh, and uh, and then that was the other thing it was May 19th. Bless your uh, soul. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, May 19th last year is like our anniversary. And, you know, of course, I'm not checking the Bitcoin price, but maybe just a little bit. And that's when like Bitcoin's crashing from $39,000 to like $30,000, like that candle, like on our anniversary day. And I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> it doesn't even matter, you know? So um, the other aha moment that it was for me was like being like, how, how can I self-custody my Bitcoin uh, in my 401k? Like, how could I do that? Like in my retirement vehicles, my tax advantaged accounts. And there is, there is no easy way or obvious way. I know there's some companies that are trying to make some IRA products that, oh, there goes my book. Um, they're trying to make some ways where you could have, because that's what I, that's where the power is, the magic is, is in self-custodying your Bitcoin. And I still don't think there's an easy way to um, invest in Bitcoin in a tax-advantaged account. But that's where I'm like, yeah, as soon as a, a Bitcoin ETF, like a, a true spot ETF comes, That'll be so bullish. It'll be it'll be so much easier. You won't have to be a high net worth individual like the UTXO fund. Like it'll be it'll be so much easier for people to invest in Bitcoin. I'm like surprised it's taken so long. I did not expect it to be futures ETFs were the wave. Well, there, <laughs> the funny thing about the futures ETFs is that it's just it's uh, it's almost like a regulatory moat, right? So. <laughs> You know, other things can't get there because uh, they're not list futures for them. Although I think uh, CME will be listing or has listed Ethereum future soon. Although with all the Ethereum stuff, it's very tricky. It's like when they do this fork, it, there's like now talk about, you know, some activist funds that are going to like keep the, the proof of work side going. So that way, uh, you know, there's they, they maintain a version that, it's proof of work and then like what ha like what does the fund do with the fork you know like yeah. like what does the futures product do with the fork it's just like right. it just gets so complicated um so maybe the cme might learn a tough lesson there with ethereum and like why you shouldn't fuck with ETH with ETH like you know alt centralized altcoins but um yeah i feel like gary gensler is trying to make it harder for other things to qualify by making it as hard as possible for bitcoin to qualify um and one of his biggest excuses is saying that hey i don't trust any of the spot exchanges the sp <laughs> all the prices at the spot exchanges i don't trust them you know the the futures etf that's based on the cme's uh price which is uh a price that i trust the hilarious thing is that the cme's price is based on like a bundle of spot exchanges. Right. There you go. So, yeah. When you actually dive into like... it, of where, where does the CME get its price from? Yeah. yeah. The spot so, exchanges. Yeah. And then that, like, I think it was a big deal for a lot of people when Coinbase was able to publicly list an IPO. Like this is a US run like exchange that has a spot price for Bitcoin. So, I mean, Where's the acknowledgement that, you know, this is an actual exchange um, running or uh, Square. Or Cash App, yeah. Yeah, Cash App and yeah, and Square or Block or whatever. Yeah, it's like, and they, they're they not necessarily an exchange, but they're also determining a price for all of their 
people, um, you know, their customers to, to buy and sell Bitcoin. Um, but yeah, I do. Uh, I, so definitely for me, it, it never ends in being uh, unbelievably bullish, you know, for sure. Like you say, the like imagining what electricity is going to do for everyone. Um, what is uh, digital programmable money um, going to do for everyone in the world? Not, you know, on the local level, on the global level, um, for anywhere and everywhere. So accessible that now that cell phones are almost ubiquitous, um, having money in, in that way. Um, this is like an uh, up, upcoming article I'm thinking of writing is like, um, when I have my daughter who's going to be born in a couple months, um, when she's 13, you know, when it's the year 2035, like, is there even gonna be like banks that I could take her to, to open a bank account? Like is Wells Fargo or Chase even going to have like a retail bank branch? My mom complains, she goes into Wells Fargo and there's a huge line and there's one teller. And then she goes to complain to the manager and the manager's mad at her for like insisting on seeing a teller. The manager is like, we're not hiring more tellers. There's ATMs, there's digital services. Like you're lucky I even have a teller for you in the bank in the first place. Like, just like, what do you mean you want customer service? Like, no. So, uh, so I, yeah, I mean, there's, this is, this is, abs I mean, and, and of course, I don't know how much it is in Tennessee, but yeah, here in LA, uh, definitely a lot of stores or restaurants are cashless. They don't even take cash. You wave cash in their face. They're like, no, no, like I don't take cash. It's got, it's got to be digital. So even parking in uh, Santa Monica or something, you can't even pay with a credit card. It's a QR code. You have to scan with your phone and then pay like with a credit card through the web page. Like there's not even a way to swipe a credit card if you want it. You have to do a QR code. So um, yeah, 13 years from now, come on, even opening a bank account. I don't know about that. So um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything bullish in particular we haven't even mentioned yet. O opening a bank account will be like owning a stable. <laughs> you know how like how long did it take for no one to own a horse and no one to need a stable anymore yeah right yeah i mean people skeptical of cars when it was first invented the combustion engine like oh your stupid combustion engine car breaks down all the time it's so slow look how fast i can go with my horses You're such an idiot having this combustion engine car that breaks down all the time so it's like yeah no the potential yeah, I know your, your stupid Bitcoin <laughs> just keeps going up and down in value. It's not stable. Yeah. Like no one right. accepts it. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, this box is so slow. Yeah. <laughs> like it sounds familiar. Right. And it's, it's in a sense, I'd almost feel like, am I, am I late or something? Because uh, by the time I got in, all of the Bitcoin in the world was worth a trillion dollars, right? You know, whatever a trillion dollars worth, but that was worth the entire company of Tesla. Like that was worth more than the entire company of Facebook. I mean, I laugh at people. I'm like, is this just like a fad? Like Facebook changed its company name to Meta, you know, to like Metaverse. Like, oh, this, you know, is this just like a fad or something? Like, no, this is, this is not going away. This Bitcoin network's worth a trillion dollars like as much as these huge companies this like how far it's going to grow is um 
unbelievable. So it's just about you and ICK just staying grounded, of course, you know, staying to the roots, like why are we in it in the first place? It's not, it's not just about getting rich or something. It's just being hopeful for the future. So I mean, it's absolutely about being hopeful. Uh, you you kind of talked about like, you know, the world needs this kind of like, you know, censorship resistant programmable money. Like, well, the world needs money that just like works at all. <laughs> yeah, like, period. Yeah. Yeah, period. You know, where right, it doesn't US, need to be programmable. The, yeah. Yeah. Well, this like blessed stage, you know, where, you know, we have the dollar or closer to the money printer and we can talk about all the ways that it's messed up. We're not even talking about like, any you know any other currency you know kind of in the long tail so the majority of the world is living on like you know worse than barter effectively you know at least barter can't be manipulated so (laughs) um you know bitcoin going bringing better than gold level money qualities and better than fiat level digital qualities to anyone with a smartphone like and then, and then the the advancements in, in in our ability to allocate capital and resources because of that, like what people don't get about the infinity divided by twenty one million, is that when you cap the denominator, you or uh, sorry, yeah, the not uh, the denominator, the denominator. Mm-hmm. the the numerator gets bigger. Right. Numerator right. go up. Yeah, that's so, right. Bitcoin makes infinity bigger too. Yeah. So it's not even, it's like not even fair in your calculation of like what's the hyper nice Bitcoin, hyper, hyper Bitcoinized Bitcoin going to look like. It's not even fair to take like all of the world's wealth and divide by 21 million. Like you have to take all of the world's Still wealth, grow. increase it because of a fundamental bullish bias that Bitcoin's actually improved monetary system that's going to improve our ability to allocate capital. And then try to estimate, you know, what is Bitcoin actually going to be worth? Yeah, and I obviously think, it's going to blow your mind. <laughs> so, yeah. I think the thing for me in particular, and like hopefully I'm not getting the politics wrong on this, but I think the reason people advocate a universal basic income or a freedom dividend or giving people a thousand dollars a month is to take the pressure of money off a little bit to focus on themselves or their own pursuits or what they really want. I mean, what's awful about the fiat rat race is everyone has to have a side job of being an investor and investing just for the sake of keeping their savings. Like already, is it so hard for people to save or have an inclination to save? And a lot of people just want to save. Like they're not trying to necessarily build up this huge return they just don't want to lose it. And then they have, they are compelled to take these risky investments just for the sake of trying to keep their savings, like preserve their wealth, not, not necessarily trying to grow it. And so this mission of UBI of giving everyone a thousand a month to try to help ease that burden, like, you know, like if inflation hurt you a thousand dollars a month, they're like, well, maybe if I give you a thousand a month, that like buoys your savings for you. But that also like totally doesn't work if it, if it is just printing money and not actually raised from taxes. So with Bitcoin, this is that concept of if you just want to save, like you just want to save, you finally have that chance through Bitcoin where you can just save in Bitcoin. So if you're not trying to invest, you're not trying to be risky, you want to focus on yourself, your own creative pursuits, like your own business or things or whatever you want to work on, Bitcoin frees you to not be stressed about 
saving your money and then you can go do do what you want um and that's that's what i wrote in my first article the bitcoin magazine of my my letter to my daughter like um she'll be able to just save in bitcoin uh so then she can do what she wants knowing that at least whatever she's earned she can save it a hundred percent uh again like people don't really like take into account or factor in the negative kind of compounding effects of like what fiat does. And therefore they're also unable to try to start comprehending like like the positive compounding effects of like what Bitcoin does. And this idea that like, Hey, let's, let's give people UBI to ease the pressure of the fiat system. It's like, okay, like we need to give the heroin uh, addict that's like going to overdose, you know, more, more heroin or sorry, that's about to relapse more heroin or that's about to, uh, what's it called? Um, Have withdrawals. Yeah. Withdrawals, more heroin. Like that. that's it. Like you're not actually solving it at all. And ultimately like the system is what is oppressing them. <laughs> like, yeah. like the system itself. Uh, so just kind of like giving them a bone is not going to help them, especially when giving them a bone like doesn't differentiate them meaningfully than anyone else. If everyone else is also getting that bone, they're are they even getting a bone? Like, are they even yeah. you know, like is like are they actually getting more money? So I don't know. Um, so, well, yeah, go for it. Uh, definitely. Well, the one thing I want to ask really fast, and then I'll ask you my last question is. Like I think about for me as a contributor to Bitcoin Magazine, I feel so lucky to even be able to submit articles to be published in the first place. But it's so humbling for me because there's already so many great people who who put out amazing content. Shinobi, Namcios, Atomer. I mean, I could just go forever. So, and that's where I think about how best I can give back or contribute to the Bitcoin space. Like there's already so many articles that can connect for so many people like uh is it just whatever inspire i know and a casey of course like puts out calls for articles sometimes too so don't get me wrong it's not like he doesn't do that but um you know i I wonder like what what is the way like for me to give back that's unique or fresh or something i mean even just starting this podcast i only made it because i had friends be like you know, oh my God, Will, you constantly say it's so early all the time. Just pick a podcast to say how early it is. So I don't have to hear you tell me how it's so early anymore. You have some outlet. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll just call CK and tell him it's so early. So I'm not telling you my friends call me, but yeah, I don't know what is the best way for contributors to give back to the magazine when there's already such a huge library of magazines. Just, just keep going with whatever inspires you. Or... Well, I mean, the, the, the narratives and the thoughts behind Bitcoin, like they're always changing. Like they're always trying to like catch up to what Bitcoin is doing. Ultimately, I think uh, our editor in chief Pete Rizzo talks about this a lot. Um, So because of that, like, you know, we always need to get like the work is never done. Um, Whether it's the energy FUD or terrorism FUD, like the narratives are just constantly coming. So that's why it's never done. That's what you're saying. It's yeah, never there's done rehashes, but yeah. but at the same time, there's also like there's the new fresh, you know, kind of paint to the rehash. And like there's even like just novel things too that are just like developing over time as Bitcoin develops. 
But with that being said, like for an individual level, what I would say is like one, like you don't have to have your answer for how you're going to contribute to Bitcoin right away. Like just like you're doing it, you're doing a podcast, you wrote a book, you're contributing to Bitcoin Magazine. The fact that you're in the print version, like I think it's an achievement to get published on BitcoinMagazine.com. To get published on Bitcoin Magazine print, like there is a very stringent quality, like we're very like again we are very open to contributors we want contributors to contribute like we're far far more open than most publications and it's one of our greatest assets but when it comes to like putting something on print like that's a strict process every single word is very very scrutinized and every single article is very very scrutinized to get into one of those magazines that is a piece of art you know it's a piece of history so um like the fact that you have a book, you've you've participated in like the highest level of Bitcoin magazine, um, and you're you're early. You just discovered this thing. You're not even in the you're not even in the green yet. You're you're just going through your, your I'm early. process of like <laughs> yeah, like you're you're early in your process to being in the Bitcoin space. So I got I really like went deep into the Bitcoin space. Got a job in the Bitcoin space in early 2018. And I would say like, I didn't really start making like my impact felt until like maybe three years in, right? 2021. So like, I don't know. I I would just say like, people should just stay in Bitcoin, be patient with themselves, be kind to themselves, you know, be a part of this thing, enjoy the process. And then like, when you have that thing that is just like getting you really pumped, that's like pushing you. Like it's going to be obvious. And then on top of that, there's going to be other Bitcoiners that you've made friends with that are like either going to be encouraging you or trying to join you. Right. Like that's, that's just how it goes. So, and then it always gets better if you go to a Bitcoin conference. So I know the Bitcoin conference in Miami is uh, that's on your, your anniversary. And actually our anniversaries are very similar dates, not the exact same one, (laughs) but um there, there's always Bitcoin Amsterdam. That's October 12th to the 14th. So I know that's around when, you know, uh, you know, so the, you, you have other options and there's Bitblock Boom. Uh, there's the Pacific Bitcoin Conference uh, that's going to be in LA. So I just, I can't encourage you enough, like go to a Bitcoin conference, meet some Bitcoiners, keep doing what you're doing. Like the, the place in the space, like, you know, will emerge. All right. Thank you, CK. What would you say to anyone who thinks it's too late to get started in Bitcoin? Well, I guess I'll let me flip it back and ask you a question. If you were to compare where we are in Bitcoin to some time in the past, you know, some equivalent, you know, in like the internet infrastructure, the internet adoption phase, like where where are we? Are we in like the seventies? Are we in the eighties? Are we in the nineties? Like, where would you characterize this stage of Bitcoin? How early are we? Uh, I definitely just. Uh... I mean, I remember people saying how uh, in the late 90s or you could send email and stuff, but like even trying to like attach a JPEG to an email was like an absolutely crippling process for your internet connection. So they couldn't have, they couldn't have even imagined like a live TV streaming service or a live YouTube service or you know any anything like that so um but i'm even more bullish than that i don't know are we at when uh uh benjamin franklin flew a kite with a key and had a light lightning hit it is are we that early with bitcoin for electricity 
maybe maybe if i think of bitcoin as an extension of electricity but no um i don't know i'd have to i'd have to think more about uh where we are but i would say um to think of how far we've come with the internet and how much the internet has changed the world money is just like so fundamental um yeah it's like the beginning of the internet ultimately take us all the way back and do that now for money but even more i don't know so early it's so early so uh i did a podcast with the hell money podcast recently uh really really cool podcast i really like uh the two uh the two bitcoiners from the bay area that that put it on uh, but the gentleman host, his name is Casey, and he's working on a like Bitcoin-based NFT project. Effectively, mm-hmm. it's not NFTs, but effectively, he's like naming UTXOs. Yeah. So it's like a naming scheme for UTXO, and nice, then there's nice. like a a rarity level on the UTXOs, kind of based on like uh like them being minted in the mm-hmm. like the the block create or like the the new coin creation process. Yeah. Um, and part of the rarity is like you know there are there's only so many having blocks that like do this you know that intersect with uh whatever. So specifically, there are uh I think it's like every uh two hundred sixteen thousand blocks is a difficulty adjustment, and every like you know, 2 million something blocks. I, I, I should know this off the top of my head, but I don't. Um, yeah. That's the having. So that block only intersects every six halvings. So every okay. 24 wow. years. Yeah. Right. So right. like the 2016 that's kinda... blocks for the difficulty adjustment and the 210,000 blocks for the having only happens that many times. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So uh, it, they only like happen on the same block, difficulty adjustment and having every, every six halvings. So like that, if you think of that as like one macro cycle into Bitcoin, like we're only halfway through the first one. <laughs> yeah, ever. Yeah. Yeah, the first one ever. So yeah. like we're so early. Yeah. We're yeah. so early. That's right. Like we're we're gonna do that all the way until 2140. Yeah. We're just gonna go through those 24 year cycles. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean. And, and that's why when when people like question Bitcoin's incentive cycle, I'm like, God, guys, give this thing a break. Like we are in the earliest stages of adoption, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I really do think that like when you look at like the adoption bell curve or the adoption S curve or any of these things that people use to illustrate adoption, people are like, oh, we're in the like early, you know, we're in this phase. We're in the like, you know, <laughs> uh whatever we're in the phase where it's so early you're like discovering people from high school that are like also discovering bitcoin i mean i don't know if you know that many other people from our high school that have turned out to be contributors to bitcoin magazine you know you know you know it's kind of crazy we got one person from high school that is working for bitcoin magazine uh, and then a couple a couple people from college have been contributing and getting into the bitcoin space yeah it's starting to happen it's starting to happen Right. I mean, like now look at, look, I guess like you look into the, if you're talking to the nineties, like were, people were probably having that experience. Like, oh, I, you know, I know someone from high school who was like working for an internet company and right, whatever. Right. And like, you know, you fast forward to like everyone, like 
people's kids from that generation like all of them were trying like we're working for internet companies right Right, all of them yeah (laughs) Yeah. so it's like maybe our kids like all of them are going to be working in bitcoin companies well and the coolest company will be a bitcoin company and the coolest part will be like none of them are bitcoin companies bitcoin company just means like they they pay your salary in bitcoin and that's all it is like I can't wait. That'll be the most bullish is when Bitcoin's a Bitcoin based boring. company. Yeah. yeah. Like well, things like, like an internet based stuff. company. Like they just do other stuff, right? Just yeah. based on the internet, logistics right. on the internet. It's not cool you know. or exciting to have a website. Like it's like, yeah, everybody has a website. Let's you better have a website. That's like the minimum. Like I have no respect for you if you lack a website. Like <laughs> you're not special for having a website. You know, it's gonna be like that. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you pay all your staff in Bitcoin, I pay you in Bitcoin. Like so like what do you actually do <laughs> like yeah it'll be yeah it's like so do you big. pay people well yeah, the funny I mean, thing is people are like are governments gonna hold bitcoin i'm like uh do governments use email yeah right like, yeah do governments have websites like they okay. run email servers yeah even right. even the worst governments in on the planet have websites <laughs> yeah like, of course you have to right you have to have bitcoin yeah you have to it will just right like if you if you never believe bitcoin if you never go to buy bitcoin your salary will just be paid to you in bitcoin like you will just have it it will just like you won't you won't have this choice you will just you'll just have it like that's it but you 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 just won't have the the hyper uh monetization upside yeah you won't you won't have that that's right okay so So i I have a bullish question for you oh here we go you're not done you're excited (laughs) Uh, this this is my this is my last question and then we'll have to sign off it's it's a little later here on the the central on the central part of the country but uh so people argue often about bits versus sats And I think it's a really stupid argument because we should be arguing about what happens after sats, not about what's coming, what's bigger than sats. We need to argue about what are we naming that's smaller than sats. And honestly, I think there's a complete open field on on what's smaller than sats. Like yeah, how bullish how bullish are you, Will? Like how how far how far past sats are every normal day humans gonna be? you know, operating on. Yeah. I mean, um, that's like the best part is, um, people are like, how's it going to happen? Like we already have cents for dollars. It's already when you go to buy gas at the gas station, they add on a little nine tenths, like nine tenths of what nine tenths of a cent, you know, for the gas, like even the gas station invents like a fake decimal, for how, how much you're paying for your gas just to squeeze a little bit out. So everyone who thinks like, oh, there's going to be a limit. Uh, the most the most bullish thing for me is not necessarily saying just how much are you going to have to dis- divide a Satoshi by. The one for me is I don't care how much Bitcoin Michael Saylor buys. The more he buys, it, it gives him no more power or control over the Bitcoin protocol directly. Sure. He could try to like start his own mining farm or mining field or whatever, but like Sailor will never have the power to have control over like whether or not I can spend my sats. He like no matter how much he has doesn't like break my wallet. Like like it's totally decentralized from that. That's the most amazing thing in this dystopian world where you, me, Sailor, and the Winklevoss twins or whoever have like the grand majority of Bitcoin. And then everyone else has to use 
eight decimal places for a single Satoshi. And they're stuck with this like, you know, big thing on top of a Satoshi of and going into Satoshi Satoshis, Milli Satoshis. It, it's okay. I like, I like Nano Satoshi a lot. Yeah, Nano Satoshi. Nano Nano like Satoshi. the cool the cool thing is it doesn't matter if you and I have all this like uh, Satoshis or Bitcoin or whatever. We don't have any influence over the monetary protocol of Bitcoin, the issuance of Bitcoin. We can't force anyone to change their nodes to change the code and issue more bitcoin so um and uh hey if if something happened to us and we lost our keys in a boat accident or something then it's a donation to everyone else that their their bitcoin's worth worth more so um yeah i mean so nan nanosats sure i mean you're reading your bitcoin magazine articles on carrot right like you're getting your five sats. I mean, that's 5 billion nano nanosats every time you read an article. So don't, don't, uh, don't miss out on that. So yeah. you know, 37 sats could be worth generational wealth at some point. Yeah. I mean, but that's the, at one point, but yeah. so yeah, you could get that. That's like, you know, eight articles on, on care. Yeah. The thing that scares me, of course, is I don't like to think too much about the nanosats thing. Cause that's where Anthony Feliciano's like, He's channeling his inner Satoshi Nakamoto. Like, don't be afraid to spend some Satoshis on a beer. Like, you know, it's okay. Like you have your sats that you're saving for that generational wealth, but spend some, you know, spend some, like convert some fiat on strike and spend it. Like buy buy something, you know, this is, this is part of it. It's okay to spend, spend your sats, you know, use your sats to pay pay for your ticket to the Bitcoin 2023 conference. Like, it's okay. You don't have to curse yourself. Like, what did what did I do spending those sets? Like you know, it's if you were gonna spend it in U.S. dollars anyway, use use sets to buy it. Like you know, just keep going. Yeah, no, I mean it's the exact same opportunity cost if you hold dollars versus <laughs> killing right. Bitcoin and then spend sets. Right. Uh, I, I, yeah. I would say that it dollars are still useful, especially when your liabilities are denominated in them. It's nice to have units that match your liabilities, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm a big fan of spending sats. You know, what I would say is like, don't feel like you have to spend sats. Don't feel like you have to hold sats. Just, you know, save what you can save, spend what you can what you can spend, support people with sats that appreciate the sats. Don't give sats to people, don't force sats down to people throat people's throats that won't appreciate the sats. So um, you know, be chill. Like Bitcoin doesn't need you for it to 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 be adopted across the planet. It's going to be adopted across the planet because, frankly, all of its competition is dead on arrival. Like none of it works. Like it's the horse versus the modern automobile. Like it's you yeah. can't compare it. It's it's ten minute blocks versus uh you know gold settlement, right? Yeah, like right. You no, know, you want to settle gold from England to to New York? Okay, well. Yeah. First, you have to ship it from England. Then it has to arrive in New York, and then you have to uh, attestate it to check, you know, if it is on the surface real gold. And then once you verify it's on the surface is real gold, then you're gonna go give it a freaking, uh, you know, a a like a, a a scan similar to like you know you 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 are pregnant or something like that, and and they're gonna scan and see what's inside of you to do that with the gold to make sure it's not fake on the inside and then they're like hey looks good <laughs> and then you then you settle gold so yeah compared to that 10 minute blocks it's like it's just uncomparable 
you get to the point of really having real life pirates to go get the gold while it's on its voyage. <laughs> well, exactly. And then like, you know, because Bitcoin's not physical, it it doesn't invite violence. It's like Sarah yeah, talks about right. that all the time. Yeah. All right, CK, thank you for uh, thank you for coming on, talking to me today. I'm excited to continue to work with you more on uh, Bitcoin Magazine and just see what happens. I'm feeling bullish. Always bullish, man. We're still early. Let's get a beer in LA one of these days. Yeah, I'm sure you'll be back sometime. So. Oh, yeah, I got plans. Family's still there. Cool, cool. All right, I'll see you.